Thank you for tuning back into the Walk On Podcast. This is episode six, and today we have another very special guest with us. Uh, this is someone who has paved his own way in uh, the sports journalism area in the greater Sacramento area and just keeps growing beyond that. Uh, we have our man Cameron Salerno with us today. I appreciate you being on here with us, man. Uh, I'm real excited to join because I know I'm not an athlete, but I have connections to athletes. So I think I kind of qualify, but yeah, I'm fired up. Uh, I've known Tommy since 2019. We met because of sports journalism. And yeah, Tommy's been my guy ever since then. So friend of sure. Tommy, friend of mine. So yeah. Let's do it, man. The yeah, first non-athlete it. on the pod. Yeah. I, I Breaking ground. Honored. I feel pretty honored. First of many. Yeah. yeah. No, and I mean, uh, we're going to let you kind of touch on it and kind of roll with what your story is and everything. But you you really do embody kind of what we talk about on here with the walk-on mindset and, you know, someone that takes what they're given and runs with it and makes the most out of their opportunities. So, uh, I mean, with that being said, if you kind of want to give us a rundown, how you started, what, what your mindset and everything was, and we'll go from there. Sure. And I was telling Tom this last night, I feel like I do embody somewhat of a walk-on mentality just because of the journey I've had. So when I was in high school, I was, I went to Wood Creek high school. Uh, when I was 15 years old, I was lucky enough to get an internship at the Roseville Press Tribune which is a small paper here in Roseville, California, for people who are not familiar with the area, just outside of Sacramento. And so I was lucky enough to get that opportunity because a lot of issues with the industries in this day and age is you need experience to get a job. And if you don't have experience, you're not going to get a job. So I kind of lucked out in that department where I was lucky enough to get an internship. And so I was there for two years. And it was a blast. I got, I was not paid and that kind of sucked, but I was lucky enough when I was in high school that I had my parents financially supporting me and it kind of made life a little easier. I got experience. And then Stephen Wilson, who was my boss at the Roseville Press Tribune left. And I was kind of at crossroads where, what was I going to do? I mean, obviously the first person who gave me a chance in journalism is gone. Um, he's not in the journalism industry anymore. He obviously can help me out and give me recommendations, but that can only go so far. So uh, I, I've told people this, but uh, you guys will get a good laugh out of this. So when I was doing journalism, my parents were like, you got to get a job. Like I, I'd worked for the city of Roseville. I did some youth officiating for soccer, like for my first two jobs. Wasn't making a ton of money, but I didn't really need to. I mean, I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. So I just, you know, and I didn't have to spend a lot of money. I, I had gas and gas was like three bucks. You could, I could drive around for, two weeks down to get gas. So good days. Now, now it's like, I got to get gas at least once a week or else I'm not going to make it. And so, um, I started applying to jobs and I applied to McDonald's. I remember I told my dad, I was like, yeah, I applied to McDonald's just to hopefully get them off my back as far as hey, there's no jobs out there. I can just chill at home for the summer. He's like, no, you're getting a job. You're going there. Like go get that interview. And so I got hired in the spot, which like at McDonald's is a bad thing because, you know, they hire everybody. But so I worked there for six or seven months, which was which was hell. I mean, it, it sucked. Um, I hate every single day, but it also taught me like, hey, I really want to go into sports journalism. So I really took a leap of faith and I left there, which my parents weren't too happy about because, I mean, I wasn't making like generational money, but I was making a, I had a paycheck every week, which, you know, is, is nice when you're 17 years old and. Uh, you want to go out with your friends. I mean, it's senior of high school. And so I started when I quit there, it was December of 2017. I started freelancing for the same papers I worked at when I was an intern. And so I did that for about um, 
two or so years and I was finally getting paid for the work I was doing. It was, it was real cool just because I'd worked so hard. I'd put hours and hours of work and I was finally getting paid. And so that was rewarding, but there's a point in, um, 2019, uh, February, 2019, I remember I was in Idaho with my girlfriend and I was just thinking, I was like, I can do a lot more than what I'm doing. I, as, as a freelancer for people who don't know, uh, you pretty much work for the paper, but you don't, you're not, you're, it's not a constant flow of assignments and money. Pretty much. So there's some weeks where you'll get two assignments and there's some weeks we get zero. And so I knew I could use my social media as a platform. I had about a thousand followers on Twitter, which, you know, it's not a lot, but it's a decent following at the time. And so I really started tweeting a lot. I started tweeting about Sacramento and Elk Grove and the Bay Area. And I started getting noticed, gained a few thousand followers. And then it kind of got me noticed by the Sacramento Bee where Joe Davidson kind of took me under his wing. And he told me, hey, like, we want to give you an internship here. We can work with you. We can mentor you. And so that's where I've been for the last three years, which it's been a good experience. I've had a chance to cover the Sacramento Kings, the San Francisco 49ers. And then I also just got an opportunity a few weeks ago with the Associated Press where uh, I've covered the Giants already. I've covered the Oakland A's. And now I'll be covering the Sacramento Kings, um, not full time, but I'll be covering all their home games uh, at the start of the season. So my journey has been really unique. I'm really lucky to have a huge set of supporters in my corner who've been with me and supported me through this whole journey. And I just think making connections in any industry, whether you're in sports journalism or you're an athlete, if you can make connections, get to know people, you're going to really succeed. So I've had a really cool opportunity to talk to a, really, a lot of cool people uh, in my time as a journalist. Man, that was a, I mean, I know I learned a lot right there. Tommy probably knew a little bit more than me because Tommy's uh, been with me for this whole journey. So he, yeah. he knows. I, I, I was actually, I wanted, I want you to bring up, I think it was 20, it would have been 2019. I think it was my junior year. So obviously you weren't really getting paid. I specifically remember you making an insane list of like every committed kid oh, to a college. I and I remember talking to you and you were like, dude, I'm not even getting paid for this. And I'm listing like 500 kids. I have to find out where they're going to school. I have to like reach out to them. And I literally didn't get a dime for this. Like that, that to me was like, this guy, like this guy's going to go places solely because of things like that. Like that was crazy. That was really eye opening to me. Well, I, I just remember that when I did that. And like back at the time when I got like over 100 likes on Twitter, I'd, I'd be over the moon. I'd be like, OK, this tweet did good. And I think it got like 200 likes. and I was so static. I was like, OK, I'm, I'm going somewhere like people like this stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it was a really cool experience. And there was a lot of times where I didn't really get a lot of sleep a lot of days when I was working for free. I mean, I was writing stories on my computer and post them on Twitter, taking a screenshot, not even like published anywhere, just literally post on Twitter. And I spent hours doing that and it definitely paid off because it got me noticed for sure. You, uh, how often did you tweet about Tommy back in the day? Well, I, <laughs> Tom, okay. You can go back and check the receipts on my camera center media page on my Instagram page that has, I think like, I was like the first post. You were one of the ah, first posts. Yeah. I remember I, I think you're probably the third post. If I go back and score right now, I think you're probably the third post. Well, Cam, Cam pulled up to the Oak Ridge at Del Oro game. And I think I had like 30, like seven threes. It was just a crazy time. And then the week later was when Idaho state came around. So I was like, Cam better be showing me some love. Well, like, I, remember I, was, I remember I posted that on a flight back from Idaho when I was visiting my girlfriend and I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling down. I'm, I'm really looking at the page right now. <laughs> I, I want to make sure because 
I'm pretty sure. I think you were the second or the third post on there. I, I do. I do remember when you made the page. I'm, I'm pretty sure I was up there as well. Well, what sucked about that? So, like, on Cam Cam Media is my Instagram page, where it's, it's solely dedicated to media. I mean, I, I have my personal Instagram page. And I was posting a lot on there, but I think a lot of people got tired of it, which I get it. Like, <laughs> but so I made a page, and I made it literally the worst time. I made it in February 2020, like weeks before the world shut down because of COVID, and so that really sucked because. I felt like I was gaining a little traction and then it just came to a halt and I didn't use that account for months. I remember I posted on it like once I lost like 20 followers. I was like, yeah, this, this is, this counts dead. But then last season during high school season, that's when it really started to blow up and it got some, uh, got a lot of followers and yeah, it really got me noticed. I'm still scrolling. So I'm, I'm going to find, there's a lot of posts on there. It's like, no, it's pretty yeah, Tom, I, you're, you're the second post. You're the second post on my page. Look, yep. if you look, that's big time. That's you're a the second post on the page. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> action shot right there. Yeah, all 145 pounds of me. <laughs> if that. Yeah, probably stretching it as well. Uh, Cameron's parents are the goats. For those who do not know, they were they took. I think it was probably your mom that took that picture of me. I have so many my all my photos from my senior year are from your mom and nobody else. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, my. I'm lucky enough where I get to work with both of them because uh, they're both sports photographers, so they'll come with me to games when I'm doing high school stuff. And it's really cool because, I mean, I've, I've gotten close with both of them just because of it. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun for sure. Shout out to yeah, Lennox Pictures. Dope. I hope they're listening. I think my, my mom's, like, in the next room, so she probably heard it. So. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I remember uh, – I remember – so, obviously, I graduated before you kind of had your, had your kickoff and, like, really gained momentum. But I remember – we talked about this on Will's episode when me and Will were playing each other in Flagstaff, and that was two years ago. Uh, Lance, who was our uh, beat writer for NAU yeah. basketball, tweeted like, Lance. "Yeah, he he tweeted something like, oh, uh, we got two Folsom guys that went to high school together, Will and Luke, guarding each other. I'm sure at Cameron Salerno is enjoying this. And, like, I had seen your name in media kind of, like, on Twitter just because, obviously, being SAC area. But it, I was like, he's really, like – he's made it out here. Like people know him and like, this is, this is all the way in big sky country. So it, that was pretty dope uh, to see. I have a pretty cool story that just kind of reminded me of it. So, um, I was in Newport beach, uh, for the 4th of July, which was two months ago, three months ago. I don't know. Something like that. So I went to a bar there cause I'm over 21. Tommy's not, I think Tommy's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy can't get in yet. Yeah. Um, so I saw this guy wearing this really cool jersey, and it was like a throwback high school jersey. I forget what jersey it was, but it was really cool. And so I went up to him. I was like, "Yo, that's a sick jersey. Like, that's that's really cool." And he's like, "Oh, thanks, man." And then, like about an hour or two later, he saw me again. He comes up to me. He's like, "Are you Cameron?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, like I had I didn't introduce myself. And I said, "What's up to him?" He's like, "Oh yeah, like I know who you are. I went to Granite Bay, like." I remember you covering me in high school. And so it just, it was just really funny, like to have that sort of experience. So yeah, it, mm. it, it's pretty surreal. Like, I mean, as media, like you don't want to be known in some ways because if you're known, it's probably for bad reasons and not good, but it, it was pretty cool having that experience of, you know, someone knew me from. Outside. I mean, I know just speaking for myself, like obviously Oak Ridge didn't get covered a lot because we didn't, weren't very good yeah anyway uh (laughs) but it was just cool like having someone besides uh joe davidson who would like tweet and like 
no shade to Joe Davidson, but you were tweeting so much more than anybody else that was covering the SACB and you were covering multiple games, every game. And it was just like, I don't know. I'm sure other kids in the basketball, like all, and you were, you weren't covering just basketball. You're covering football, volleyball. Like, I don't know. I just feel like for high school, that doesn't happen very often. And so that was like a really cool thing for Sacramento. And I'm yeah. sure they're still loving it. Well, and it's also too, it's about developing relationships with people too, because when you first start out, not a lot of people know who you are. And that goes players, coaches, parents, you're, you're pretty unknown. But as you start working and you have to really grind, I, I know I, like I said earlier, I feel like I embody walk on because I had that mentality of that chip on my shoulder where, you know, a lot of people didn't know who I was. So I ha- had to make them know for a good reason. And so I would just try to tweet as much as I could to get my name out there. And it really paid off because once you get to a point where, you don't have to go to those people anymore. Like they come to you and they, they tell you stuff or they, they give you information. And before it's like, you have to go to them. And so I think that's, what's really changed for me the last few years. And I still work hard, but I have really good relationships with a lot of people where people will come to me now. And I think that's really cool. That's, that's huge. Yeah, um, definitely. I was going to, cool. I was going to say Jared, definitely. Uh, I think he probably relates to that. Uh, I mean, I might be, I might be speaking too much, but I mean, I'm sure no, I know people that, you know, either know me or Tommy or people that other people, obviously Keese, you know, DJ, people that have been under Jared's wing, like people are going to go to him, try to get the same results. So like you said, like if you make it to a certain point, then people are going to want to follow that same path. Yeah, definitely. No, I think the big thing is, is just building those relationships where the trust is there. So when you have that trust, whether you're a journalist or like a trainer or whatever, like you, those, those, those relationships will like bear fruit on their own just because of the trust level. Well, and Jared, just to add to that real quick, like I, this goes for trainers, this goes for journalists. I think this goes for almost anything. If I have a good interaction with you and you're going to tell people, I mean, cause people talk and then those people know that, Hey, this person's a good guy. This person can be trusted. I mean, it goes for journalism. It goes for training. And they spread and they talk to people. So, I mean, it could be a really good thing or it could be a really bad thing because you might have a really bad experience with someone and they might tell people and then you don't get trusted by those people because the world is very, very small and everyone knows everyone. So uh, the more good things you do, the better. And the more bad things you do, the worse you can be off. 100%. What, uh, Cameron, what, what made you decide to pursue a career in journalism in the first place? I've always loved sports, and I knew one day I wanted to be in it. I, I grew up watching Dick Vitale on ESPN. I mean, watching those college basketball games and and hearing the, those games. I mean, just watch. I mean, I think college basketball is probably the first sport I really got into. I mean, besides professional sports. I mean, I grew up a huge Canes fan when I was really young, and I'd watch all the games. Mike Bibby was my favorite player, and I, I'd, I'd wear my Mike Bibby jersey all around. And we got, when he got traded to the Hawks, I, I love it. When, when Mike Bibby got traded to the Hawks, it's one of the saddest <laughs> things of my life. I don't want to cut you off, Cam, but please tell me you watched the Will episode and Luke's pick for Mike Bibby as the clutchest point guard. Oh, oh my gosh, that's crazy. yeah. No, I I love I love Mike Bibby, man. Like he. Uh, so it's funny. I tell people my cat's named after him. He's not, but it, my cat's name is Mr. Bibbs, and he he wears my old Mike Bibby jersey from when I was a kid. So whenever the kids play, he he's always in it. So damn, how big a cat you got? He, he's, a, he's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big cat. So yeah, this is just big for Luke. This is so huge. Man, for Luke. I I love Mike Bibby, man. Like he just every oh. like 
they're hating this keep going See, here's the thing i know we're not talking like my favorite players are the most random favorite players so i'll just tell you like so One my favorite players mike bibby alan iverson dwight howard like those three and Jimmer Fredette. Like those are my four or five my favorite players. Jimmer Fredette. <laughs> oh, I have a story it's about that. All over the place. Jimmer Fredette is out of left field. So I have well, I have a story about Jimmer. So um, so back when he was a rookie, when the Kings drafted him, I think it was in 2011, he played a home game against the Magic because we have a lot of family friends in Orlando. So like I, I like both those teams and because obviously Dwight Howard is my favorite player. And so we went to those games, and, and Jim Fredette, like, I won the Kings to drop Jim Fredette. Like, I know people say it's a horrible pick. Yeah, it was. But Jim Fredette was like, I love, <laughs> I, love B- I love watching him at BYU. He was so electric. That's when college basketball, I think, was so fun to watch. So Luke, Luke anyway, wants to play. He wants that green light that Fredette had. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, so we're leaving the stadium. It's me and my mom. And we're walking out to, like, the tunnel. I don't know if you guys remember Arco Arena, like, where the players came out. Like, yeah. they have, like, a little parking garage. Of course. Of course. And so, like, we we sat there. Like, I was just waited there for Jimmer because that's who I wanted to meet. Like, he was my favorite player. And this older couple comes up to us and because I was wearing Jim Fredette jersey. And they're like, hey, like, I just want to let you know, like, Jimmer and the team left for Portland. Um, if you give us your address, we'll send you a signed picture. And we're like – dude, these people are so random. Like, we're not going to give us our address, but we have, like, a P.O. box at the time. So, like, we'll give them that. Like, you know, they're not going to know our home address. And so we give them the P.O. box. And I kid you not, like, two weeks later, I get this letter, huge letter in the mail. And it's from Jim Fred's mom. And it's a signed picture and a letter from them saying, like, thanks for being a fan, like, blah, blah, blah. And to this day, we are we, I know Jim Fred's family. Their family sent me a graduation gift when I graduated high school. I actually ran with Jimmer and met him uh, when he came back for the California Classic in 2019. Um, we're friends with each other on Facebook. So, yeah, that's how I kind of know Jimmer. That's like my untold Jimmer for that story. I mean, that's that's a lead story. Yeah, that's some wholesome content right there. Yeah, there we go. Right right for Tommy's heart right there. Yeah. And so I can't have, say I, I was a big Jimmer guy, Jared. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course you were. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say you're a lie. I was not like. <laughs> yeah, on multiple levels, you didn't have a choice. I didn't buy into my, the hype. My my girlfriend jokes me that I really need, like I need to redo my room because I don't know if you can see this, but I have two pictures up there. If you can see in the back, it's of Larry Bird and Kevin Durant. So I, it's like, oh, actually, no, sorry, it's, it's great it's, it's, contrast. It's, it's, no, it's it's Dwight. Sorry, it's Dwight Howard and Larry Bird. My bad. Even oh, greater like, contrast. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I met Dwight Howard too when I when I that's a whole nother story. So Dan's just meeting everyone. When well, I'm I'm excited to tell you guys who I've talked to. Uh, yeah, I was later. actually gonna try to lead you into that, but you just roll, just go. Like, yeah, keep it going, man. Yeah, uh, let's hear. Well, let me tell. I'll tell the Dwight Howard story first. So obviously, well, here's another story. So I don't know if you guys remember uh, uh, the Petries who uh, yeah, the King. of course, GM. So the um. Her, the son's uh, wife, I, I'm trying to think of like how it's related. The son's wife was my first grade teacher and that was our family friend. And so we went to the Magic Kings game and this was in 2010, maybe. And the Magic were nice. They were yeah. nice. Well, that's yeah. when they had like, they, J.J. Redick, Ryan Anderson, like, yeah. Rashad Lewis. I think Vince Carter was on that mm-hmm. team too, I'm pretty sure. Ray for Austin was on that team. So uh, they Knowledge. gave us their they gave us their tickets for that night. And so we got to go 
And unironically, I know Tommy's going to love this. Oh, here we go. They had a Ryan Anderson meet and greet after the game. And so we ended up going. Me and, family, stand up. me and my family ended up going. And so we meet Ryan Anderson. They're the funniest pitcher in the whole wide world. And my friends still laugh at this. Um, my mom like didn't know any of the players, but she wanted to get pictures. My mom has a picture with Gilbert Arenas when it was like a few weeks after his gun charge when he got like off the gun locker room. Yeah, yeah, it, it's wild. But anyways, <laughs> so like I was set on me and Dwight Howard. I had a Dwight Howard jersey, whatever. And I'm like Saint. So if you guys remember Arco Arena, like I was on the very like end of the court. Like so, think about I'm on the visitors bench and like yeah. Howard signed autographs on the other side. And I'm like, oh, Dwight Howard's never come over here. He, he's not. And I'm like, I kind of like give up. And I guess Dwight Howard's agent was standing next to me and ushered Dwight mm. to come over to meet me. And so I got to meet Dwight Howard. And it's like literally the coolest. I got an autograph and I was like over the moon because I was one of my favorite player of all time. So I mean, you're just always right next to the right. Yeah, right in the mix. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah I think so- that we have a bigger Kings fan on the podcast right now. No, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. He's a bigger yeah. than me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, I'm not... yes, yes. Jared, absolutely. no, no, no. Jared, don't be stupid. Now you're really gonna piss me off. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to Cam, but like it's like I'm Cam. Can, that was a direct shot. That was a direct shot, Cam. No, it's not. Yeah. It's See, the one I thing I will say is now Cam covers the team, though. So Cam. Yeah, I I, I've I've shot away from my fandom. I I, yeah. I, I know. Let it go now. Um. Also. <laughs> I know you you kind of mentioned it, but I I've got to talk to some very very cool people. Uh, now that I'm a journalist, um, the most notable that you guys would probably know is Woj. I mean, Woj is, is the guy. Yes. Um, I reached out to him. I said, hey, like, would love to connect and like pick your brain. And he ended up calling me, and I was playing Call of Duty, and I'm like, I saw <laughs> a, a New Jersey number call me. I'm like, all right, I'm I'm gonna just pick this up, and I'm like, hello. He's like, hey, Cameron, this is Adrian Wojnarowski. And I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit this game right now. Let me, let's talk. It's like, all right, boys, I got to go. <laughs> so we end up talking for like – Whoa, just on the phone. We end up talking for like 35 minutes, and he was literally the most down-to-earth, coolest person I've ever met. Just so helpful, so insightful. And, and the best piece of advice he gave me was you just always show up and you always be around. It, it's something I've always preached. And I think that's a, that's a it can go for anything. It, you just have to be around and, and, and be in the mix and it's going to really help you out. And so, yeah, that was that was a really cool person to talk to. And, yeah, it's probably one of my coolest experiences ever. That's awesome. So that one was crazy. You you uh, I think I think you either sent me the screenshot of that phone call or I won't name drop him now because I know you probably want to say it. But the other guy you were on the phone with, you just sent me the screenshot. Uh, and I was like, there's no way this guy's talking to Woj right now. <laughs> Wait, it, does the guy start with an A, Tommy? Yeah. 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 I, I've also talked to Adam Schefter, which is pretty cool. Oh. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was, he was, yeah, he was nice. He left me a voicemail, which was, was pretty funny. I was eating canes and I see this number. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not going to answer this. Like, I, I don't know. I don't answer random phone calls. And he's like, hi, this is Adam Schefter trying to reach you. Uh, I'll give you a call back at a later time. And so I called him back right away. And yeah, he was, he was really cool too. I mean, I've had, I mean, a lot of really cool people I've talked to and most journalists in this in your industry are really cool and, you know, they just want to help out. So I, I think it's really cool to have those connections for sure. Yeah. That sound. Yeah. I mean, you can't argue those experiences. It's just going to help you down the road. Yeah. 100%. 
what, what do you, we talked about some of the stuff that's been really good and, and, and easy going and just having naturally what, what's probably the toughest obstacle that you've had to overcome? I would say, I would say, you know, like believing in myself and not giving up. I know that sounds so cliche and like, but it, it's really true because there are days where, you know, you just don't want to do it anymore and you, you're just done. I, I know walk-ons experience the same thing because, you know, like you're grinding you're trying to get a scholarship, you're trying to get a free education. And there's a lot of days, because I listened to the, um, the last podcast and just Kevin talking and how he earned a scholarship to Montana State and uh, how I relate to, I go to Sac State, so I, I'm, a, I'm a big sky guy. So I, I get it. And I, and I think it, it's really cool. I mean, just as a walk-on, not everyone earns a scholarship, obviously, but everyone, you know, like they, they, that's the end goal. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to be a walk on, but at the same time, they want to, they want to progress in their career. And so I think the obstacle I've just faced is, you know, just is really just believing myself and knowing that, you know, you can overcome anything no matter what happens. And yeah, I mean, I just think it's, it's not, it's about not giving up for sure. No, yeah, that's big time. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, and we'll kind of segue into a different conversation off of it, but we talked about a lot of like professional athletes and stuff and what made you want to get into sports journalism. Is there a moment or player in specifically like SAC area high school sports that stands out to you that was like, this is something I really love to do? Or, and we'll kind of talk about more. We were talking before we got on here about like some players in the area, but for this question specifically, is there one moment yeah. or player that kind of sticks out? I okay here's the thing so the first like I didn't it wasn't the first game I ever covered but it's what got me my internship and it was when Wood Creek played Oak Ridge High School it was at Wood Creek I was giving scores to Steven the boss like I because like we had just connected earlier in the day I was like hey I'm gonna be at Wood Creek I know you can't make it around like I'll, I'll give you score updates and like that's the same day where he asked me to um if I want to intern with them and I remember Ian Book was playing for Oak Ridge and I just thought it was so cool that, hey, this quarterback is going to Notre Dame. Like, that's so cool. And, I mean, I was 15 years old. I was, I was kind of not starstruck, but I was it, – it just was so cool to watch. And and now it's like I've had a chance to cover so many people who, who have gone on to play high-end Division One football or basketball or even make it to the professional ranks. So I would say that moment stands out because it kind of – it just set the tone of, wow, like I get to cover guys, you know, like make it to the next level and, and, and become really big. And obviously Ian Book is one of the best like players in Notre Dame football history, just because he's, I think he, he's the, he's the winningest quarterback in Notre Dame history. And just to see him go from a high school football player who's playing across the street to, I mean, make it to the league is, I think that's just phenomenal. So I think that's what really sticks out for me, for sure. Ian Ian wasn't the only NFL guy on the field that day. The Kevin would have been catching his passes as well. Yeah, that's a there good point. Go. That's a good point. To kind of change the question a little bit up. So, again, back to kind of the uh, message behind this podcast, being a walk-on and everything, what would be your walk-on sack area sports pick for someone that maybe doesn't get as much coverage uh, that you think they deserve? It's a pretty easy one for me. It called me a homer because I've I've been around him for a long time. I mean, went to the same high school, but for me, it's Cyril Roberts. Uh, he played. I mean, he had a unique path where he wasn't really recruited out of high school. I mean, he's he's one of the best point guards I've ever seen, and I got to see him in practice every day. I mean, I got to be around him. Just such a good dude. Just so down to earth. And so he went down to UC San Diego and redshirted his first year, and then he just completely took the conference by storm. 
think of like a 40 plus point game in, in a conference tournament game. And so he really raised the stock and then COVID hit and then he transferred to Washington state and then he transferred again to San Francisco. So he's one of the most underappreciated players I've ever seen. And I mean, anyone who's seen him play would know that just, he's a special player. Well, yeah, yeah. even that, that senior year, like when they were playing in the state championship game against Bishop Montgomery, like there were times when Ty was the best player on the floor with like two McDonald's Americans on the floor. Ty is the reason yeah. why we won the section championship. 100%. Yeah, I was at that game at yeah, UOP. I mean, yeah. Jordan, Jordan Brown was in foul trouble. Yeah. And if you guys don't know who Jordan Brown is, he was a McDonald's All-American who I went to high school with and went to Nevada, then went to Arizona, and I was at Louisiana. But, I mean, Jordan was in, in major foul trouble the entire game. I think he picked up three fouls in the first, like, ten minutes of the game. Yeah. And Ty yeah. took over. I think Ty had 21 points in that game and just led the charge and – uh, Jordan, everyone remembers Jordan knocking down those free throws at the end of the game to win it. But people don't forget that Ty really just set the yeah. tone of the game. And, and he's he's a really underrated defender, too. So he, yeah. he's a total package. And, yeah, he he embodies what I think this podcast is all about. Shout out Shine Athletics. Big shout out. I think yeah. uh, I think we've all, uh, Jared included, have had to guard Ty one-on-one and can definitely back the, your all your reasoning up with just that yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I got to add Shine. Flips. Shine's a good flips. dude, man. I mean, th- there's a lot of trainers in this game, and we'll talk about this the whole topic of uh, a story I've written, and I got to actually talk to Jared for. But, I mean, Shine is just one of the most down-to-earth people who cares about his, his, his people he trains and a lot of people get into training and a lot of people get into coaching for the wrong reasons, but obviously um, shine does it for everything that it's supposed to be. So such a good de- guy. And I, I'm, I'm lucky to know him. Big shout outs. All right. So yeah, we, nice uh, and that's a great pick as well. Yeah. Huge pick. I want to hear your guys is because I know you guys, I've been around uh, – I know me flipping the question back on you because I'm a journalist, but love I'd it. love to hear what you guys think too because, I mean, I know Jared played in a different era, but I know Luke – not era, but, you know, different times. Right, different I'm old, bro. It's all good. Era. Yeah, but, but, era. <laughs> back in my day, we played three out, two in. On seven the milk carton. But, but Luke and Tommy kind of played around the same time. So, Luke, who is a guy that you, you would say, like, you guarded or – you played against in Sacramento that you really, you know, just just embody who that pick would be. Yeah, so this is someone, and I, I know Jared knows him. I'm not sure if Tommy knows him, and then you'll probably know him just based off of being around. Um, someone I played with that naturally was one of the most gifted athletes and, like, just felt the game so well, and he was a super down-to-earth kid, and I know he kind of bounced around a couple of schools after high school, but Keyshawn Bruner, who went to uh, – uh, why am I blanking? But uh, Burbank, he went to Burbank, yeah, oh, yeah Burbank yeah, High yeah. School. Uh, but this guy, when I t- so I played with him, and like I've talked about how I was a little kid up until I was about 18 years old, but I played with him my sophomore year, uh, in high school or in between my freshman and sophomore year, and we were throwing lobs to him, and it was like second nature to him. And he's just like basically to me, as a little freshman, that's what Giannis was like in the NBA, like he just. <laughs> Like ran down the floor like a gazelle, and like just dunked like, everything. Bro, it was insane. And so I played with him a few times, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure he got a little bit of coverage. But in terms of just like the way the game came to that kid, it was it was really impressive. So Keyshawn Bruder, that's my pick. Jared, who's your guy? That one's tough. Yeah, but 
and I, I don't want to be cheesy, but it's probably our very own Luke Abdolovich. Great pitch. You know, I don't think I ever saw one clip of Luke Abdolovich in high school. You probably and, unless I produced it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, even when he like committed to school, I think like ninety percent people had no idea. And uh, yeah, and then now we look at this guy. I mean, he's not going to tell you, but I'll tell you, he's top five career three point percentage shooter in NCAA history, best shooter I've ever seen. So, and Thank works you, extremely Thank hard. So, that's my dog. Interesting. All right, Love, Tommy. Let's let's hear yours because you're kind of more. Uh, you're you're the youngest out of all of us. Yeah, I don't. I really have to think about this one. I mean, we played against. I'm I'm fumbling right now. There's just so many guys that I can think of. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little homer, and I don't know. You guys might be surprised by this one, but I played with him my junior summer, and. He's he does all the little things, all the right things, and I'm I'm super happy for him where he's going to college now. And I know he's worked super hard to get there, but I got Cameron Wall. I like you. Cam Wall. Cam Wall is a dog. And I don't I mean I don't know that a lot of people know that about Cam, but shout out to Cam. I know Cam is gonna listen to this. I hope he listened to this well, at least. And went to FLC and now he's at Hawaii Hilo and he worked super hard to get where he is and yeah. Good. I, mean, nice. I know Jared. I know great, Jared great had too. Jared Wall, his older brother. Everybody knew who Jared was, and can and then Cam playing for his dad, and then he's got his older yeah. brother. Just a lot of things going into it. Cam was actually really nice. And I don't think Jared is. Jared is. Jared is the Draymond Green of high school basketball. Like wow, he's that's a good. <laughs> he he literally he's the most hated player if you play against him. But if you, he's on your team, you you love having him on your team. I mean, you know, it's because you don't have to play against him. <laughs> you know, what's ready. funny, Cam, is I actually, I actually really didn't like Cam until we played together my junior summer, and then I was like, and then we played together and we played a lot and we played really well alongside each other, and I was like, you know what, like Cam is actually good and he's actually a cool guy, and now I can respect how much he flops during a game. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. Exactly. No, Jared. Jared is literally like. You Draymond Green of high school basketball. Like I remember watching him play. I mean, a lot of people remember Ford and and those guys from Folsom, but I, Jared is literally the most underrated player. Like I, one of the most underrated, underrated players I've seen. Yeah, big shout out to Alec I've Andrews seen, as well. Alec Andrews. Yeah, I've seen some great. crazy stuff from from Jared Wall over the years. <laughs> I've, I've been a part of some crazy stuff with Jared. Wall. Yeah, there's yeah, so exactly. many other guys. There's so many other guys too that I would love to pick. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I think Cam is a good one. Definitely. I like that. I like that. No, that was, that was, that was good. And, uh, Oaker just I mean, finest Drake Middleton. He gets my shout I, out. I, well. I was waiting for it. I was <laughs> oh, young Draco. Yes, sir. Cam, Cam saw Drake play a few Drake, times. Drake was SFL MVP, I'm pretty sure. I think it was your junior year. He was. Yeah, he was. That was really yeah. impressive because we were like fourth in league and he still won MVP. So I don't really know how he pulled that off. But I remember because yeah, he's I young Draco. I remember covering him. He's good. Yeah, he had 30 against Folsom when we lost to the buzzer beater and he punted the ball across the floor, if anyone remembers oh, that. That that sounds pretty on brand for Drake. <laughs> yes. Love the kid. 
Hey, so Cameron, tell us a little bit about this article you're writing and yeah, uh, cool. getting prepped. Well, Jared, you should know about it too because I interviewed you before. Anyway, yeah, but like, come on, it's your article. Is it's not, it's not, <laughs> not so, me. I didn't do the article. Let's so, hear what you had to say. So I kind of, I love doing instigative journalism where you kind of look into an issue that's going on and you kind of find out, you know, why it's going on. And so I started really researching for the story in February. Um, for those who, I mean, this podcast will come out probably by the time the story's out. Uh, I wrote about why Sacramento area basketball players, high school basketball players rather, are leaving the area to go down to Southern California and Profit Prep and other places that are not Sacramento. And I've had a chance to talk to about 10 people for it. I talked to um, Coleman Hawkins and Jared McCain, two guys who had left the area, who um, Jared left when he was in eighth grade or going into eighth grade. And also Coleman left his junior or after or before his junior year of high school. So he played two years at Perfect Prep. Jared McCain is at Centennial High School in Southern California. They won the um, Open Division State Championship. Jared McCain's going to Duke. Coleman's going to Illinois. And just the question that a lot of people want answered is, could these kids have gotten this attention if they stayed in Sacramento? And honestly, after talking to a lot of people, I think the answer is no. And it's a really sad reality because Sacramento is a good place. I mean, we have an NBA team. We have the Kings. And I know people like to make fun of the Kings, but, but it's still an NBA team. There's only 30 cities in, in the whole entire world that have an NBA team, and Sacramento is one of them. And so it's really – I don't know what the problem is. I mean, I know it's exposure, and that's what a lot of kids say. But I think there is a deeper meaning of why kids are leaving. And honestly, I after talking to all these people, I really don't know why. And I, I think people do know why. But I think it goes beyond just the exposure. And I think a lot of people, I think Jared said this, is if you're a good player in Sacramento, it's kind of expected, you know, like Sacramento is in a huge demographic. But if you go down to Southern California and you're the best player, then it means something and, and people pay more attention. And I think it goes to media and maybe even scouts and also to people do the high school rankings of like top players and player rankings. If someone sees someone in Southern California who's dominating, they're more likely to rank him over someone who's in Sacramento who's um, who's dominating as well. So that was that was a great rundown, uh, Jared. Do you have anything to add to that? No, I think he he he's like on target, and again, he's done a really good job and done a due diligence of hitting like all different avenues as far as for opinions. But yeah, I just think the the toughest part is being able to get the exposure, but also like get the respect and like the pedigree and, and sack just isn't there because like, you know, just not as many good players or good teams. So it's hard to like for that to validate yourselves, you know, well, but there has been really good school, players that have been here. So. Well, if you look at the high school rankings, like the top 50 teams in the nation, I mean, most of them, I mean, not most of them, I, I would say, but, a majority of them are from Southern California. I mean, Sierra Canyon, modern day, Centennial. And and I mean, I know this is more football too, but like St. John Bosco, I mean, they're a powerhouse in football. They're, they're the first or the second best team in the nation. And I don't think it's happening in football because I think Sacramento has enough good football teams. And also I don't think it's happening in girls basketball either because there's enough girls basketball teams that are really good. You have St. Mary's of Stockton, you have Folsom. So there's no reason to leave. So. Yeah, there's just no premier like high school program that's like going to be able to help the talent or push the talent to that next level.
Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to high school coaches buying in more and also helping out their kids. There are good high school coaches around here. I mean, I've gotten to know a lot of them over the years. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, high school coaches, I mean, they, they have a day job. Most high school basketball coaches are, are teachers at the school. I mean, when you're an AAU coach, I mean, yeah, you have a day job. But, like, I think you're more dedicated to helping out your kids because you handpick the kids who, who are going to play for you in AAU basketball. You don't handpick the kids in high school. I mean, kids transfer in. But, I mean, it'd be a whole different scene if, if AAU basketball was like high school basketball where – you have to pick who's on your team. I mean, there'd be some powerhouses. And and that does happen because people do transfer in. But the, the transfer that goes on in Sacramento, it's like it's night and day to what goes on in Southern California. I mean, yeah. kids transfer all the time. I mean, there, there's instances where a kid in Southern California will go transfer to from school A to school B for high school football. And then they'll go transfer back from B to A for basketball. I mean, it seriously happens. It sounds outrageous, but it does – happened on that scale mm. i mean uh, i'm very excited to, to read this so hopefully yeah. uh, i'll be absolutely. looking forward to it well, sack people, be elite and the thing is is in a story in any capacity it only works if people talk i mean there if you have a, a an instance where you know there's an idea that's going on or something that's happening i mean it only works if, if people want to talk about it. if if people go hush hush about it then you know, it doesn't work. And I mean, I reached out to Prolific Prep, uh, not to name drop, but I try to reach out to them to see what they want to say about them. They didn't reply. So, and that just happens. And, you know, it, it happens in journalism. And if they didn't want, or they actually said they didn't want to go on the record, but, you know, it happens. And that story was fine without them because, you know, it wasn't about them. It's about Sacramento kids. But I do want, I did want to hear their perspective of the appeal of going to Prolific Prep because, you know, Let's be real. A lot of those kids, I mean, they they go to a small high school in, in Napa. It's called Napa Christian College. It's adjacent to the high school practice gym. Um, the, uh, the school at Napa Christian is extremely small. It's very small. And I think it has an enrollment of, I don't even think, 100 kids. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is a lot of those, high, a lot of those kids at Public Prep, they do online classes. And what's a problem, too, is some kids who go the prep school route are going back to public school. And there's a there's a, there's somewhat of an education gap. And that's what one of the high school coaches brought up is how can a kid who transfers a sophomore year of high school and goes to the prep school and then comes back a year later? How is he eligible? Not eligible, but how is he able to graduate when he I mean, the high school curriculum is very strict in California. It's very set. Like you have to have certain requirements. And so if you're not getting that when you go to this prep school, I mean, let's be real. I mean, when you go to a prep school, you have an idea if you want to either go play high-end college basketball or you want to go to the NBA or you want to play professionally in some way. And so I know school doesn't matter, but I, I do admire the kids who take school very seriously. I mean, there's a lot of athletes who have above 4.0 GPAs. And I think that's incredible. But a uh, question that high school coaches are asking, though, is how is this possible? And honestly, I don't know. Man, I like you. It's it's easy just to sit here and listen and talk to you yeah, and have you talk about it. It's very easy, but we do have to get into our learning five, so much. Unfortunately, yeah, there were there were a lot of great stories. I think this, this 
this is just obvious that we might need a part two with Cameron. But yeah, we do got to get yeah. into our starting fives here. I got I got one more question. Quick yeah, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your best advice to a young writer, Cameron? Well, that's a great question. I would it doesn't just, have to be a long answer, just be a quick one. Yeah, I would just say, you know, make connections with people, reach out to people and and, and get to know. And I think with when you're starting out, people have aspirations of of covering the NBA or covering the NFL, whatever you want to you're really passionate about. It could be college basketball, whatever. You ha- you can't start at the top. I mean, you have to work your way up. And I know it, it's a slow grind. But I would just say, if you really are passionate about it, stick with it, get to know people, talk to people, people want to help. And yeah, I would just say, you know, at the end of the day, there's a whole group of people who want to help and want to support you. So that's the best. Love it. Well said, well said. So this week for our uh, starting five, we have media members. Now this can go from announcers to journalists, whatever it is across all sports. Um, Quick. uh, You want to get your game off? No, I mean, I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it short for the people on Instagram who are voting. This isn't a top five. All right. People were grilling me for having Kadarius Tony at one. Like that wasn't I wasn't saying he was the number one wide receiver. He was my point guard, but it's cool. So for 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 people voting, this is not top five. It's our starting five on the court. All right. So Tommy, yeah, make, make sure make sure the make sure the graphics uh reflect that yeah no and it's a learning experience for all of us but you know tommy did sweep the competition so you want to kick us off man yeah that's because tommy's tommy's starting five was like a top five which i'm not mad at but let's go come on on. i I mean he won my starting five was the best starting five my walk-on pick was the best walk-on pick you guys can be mad bro just let's hear your list dude seriously personalities at the one a real vocal guy. He's loud. He's gonna run the show. He's gonna he's gonna take care of business. Give me Gus Johnson. Oh what? <laughs> Cam's no. pissed. I bet. I bet he was on Cam's list. Yeah. You guys know who I, Gus Johnson is? Tell me, you know who Gus. No, Johnson. I know. Oh my gosh, you're gonna need to go watch some Gus Johnson YouTube videos. Oh, Tommy, you stole my pick. Best best announcer in the game at the. What sport does he do? He does football. He does basketball. He does a lot of. He did a lot of old college basketball on CBS. Like if, right. if you remember Isaiah Thomas's game winner in, in the yeah. Pac-10 championship. Uh, Isaiah. Okay. He he's got the voice. He you, once you hear his voice, you'll you'll know. Anyway, at the two, right. at the two, the funniest guy in media, Stephen A. Smith. That's, oh, oh my god! We've seen his jumper. Yo, this is worse than Luke's King's picks. What? That's at the three, coming from Jake. I got the three at the three. I mean, I need a big shot, and who better than to hit a big shot? Mike Breen. Give me Mike Breen at the three. <laughs> I like it. I like that a lot. At the four, he brings <laughs> at the four, he brings height to the table. We need height. ESPN's truly Scott Van Pelt, SVP. Wow, great Whoa, pick. Great. Six I love foot, it. Six foot six, if you guys it's did that. not know. That's and then at pick. the five. At the five, I went with my athlete, yours truly, Beaumont, Texas, Kendrick Perkins. He's also one of the media right now. So bad. So bad. (laughs) Dude, 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 bro. Oh, my God. Just because he was a hooper, the media presence. So, man. All right, Tom. Hey, I like the five. Good good variety. Good variety. (laughs) All right. So, I'm really really proud of mine. I'm going to roll with it, if we don't mind. So uh, Go ahead, Luke. At the one, kind of a similar uh, reasoning for Tommy, you know, someone that's really going to set the table for the rest of our team uh, voice-wise. Let's go Jim Nance at the one. 
talk about someone just talk about someone who goes final four to the masters that's man he doesn't get much better than that Jim Nance that's, elite. that's elite that's elite great transition you better have his backcourt great hair too great hair man man so uh at the two we're gonna roll with Michael Wilbon I don't I don't know I don't think this is gonna be a popular oh, okay. pick but oh, I was actually I was thinking about him uh you know it when I used to come home from school, PTI was always on PTI. at that time. And, you know, I'd just be tuned into my man, Michael Wilbon. So, boom, Michael Wilbon at the two. No, at Tony? the three, ah, no, nah, nah, more of a Wilbon guy. But uh, at the at the three, this was this is my player pick. Uh, one of my favorite players of all time. We're going J.J. Redick. Uh, he's killing it right now in the media. And uh, that's going to be majority. <laughs> oh, that's Luke. Luke wants to be his doppelganger, his wife. Exactly. So I had to. It, it, it wouldn't be doing I justice. He didn't classify Duncan Robinson as media with the podcast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, uh. Anyways, so at the four, and uh, this was my kind of, I say it's a former player. I have Doris Burke at the four. Wow. Come on, give me, give me wow. Doris Burke at the four. <laughs> give me Doris Burke at the four. Oh, this is wild. That's a great, that's a he's, great pick. So she's got a game. Who's playing the, the center five. position? So this is size-wise, it's all off. But in terms of impact in the media game, we already talked about him. I have, I have Woj. I have Adrian Wojnarowski at the five. Uh, Ooh. Woj, bomb. Think about him protecting the paint. Come on. Jared, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I right, to follow that one. Oh, no. Nah, mine's much better than that. Even ah. though I can't – I won't lie, okay? We had a couple of the sames, but I, I had some backups just in case. Okay. I like that, though. Yeah. Yeah, so at my point guard, I'm kind of on Luke's same level. PTI is my favorite show, so I'm going Tony Kornheiser at the one. Okay. Tony, Tony Kornheiser. Uh, Great show. Tony. Yeah, Emmy award-winning show. So at the shooting guard, probably one of the most iconic, one of the funniest. We got Stuart Scott. Oh, oh. Great pick. Yeah. Okay. Great pick. Then – Again, I had to mix it up a little bit. I had a couple backups. At the small forward, I have Shams, Charina. Mm. Up and coming. Yes, sir. At the four, power forward, you know, like I said, we had to get a little bit more muscle out there. I got Adam Schefter. <laughs> He's 5'8". I looked it up earlier. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> and this is my player pick at center. We got my man, main man, Chuck, big Charles Barkley. Okay. <laughs> that's a good pick. That's man. A, that's I'm a good curious. one. Those are some good picks. And I'm I'm kind of bummed I went last because a lot of them got taken. I mean, uh, I, I kind of switched up. I mean, my, my sleeper pick, I ended up switching up because someone mentioned I thought I was going to totally get someone. But I'm, Johnson I'm was your sleeper right pick, now. wasn't he? It was, yeah. <laughs> so, my point guard, uh, the, the biggest sport in America is football. And the guy who covers the league the most is Adam Schefter. So that's my one. Um, my two guard, you know, he's he's a facilitator. He's going to shoot a little bit. He's going to drop some bombs. So I got Adrian Wojnarowski at the two. Um, my player pick uh, at the three, I'm, I'm kind of bummed someone stole it, but J.J. Redick. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I was a Magic oh, wow. fan too growing up, so I, I liked it. Uh, my power forward, uh, uh, Mr. NBA himself, Mike Breen. And then oh. I'm so glad I'm so glad no one stole this pick. My man in the middle, uh, a huge reason why I got into sports media, Dick Vitale. 
at the five. I like it. Love it. Love it. It's nice. You really swooped Cam's picks. I feel kind of I know. I, I wish I would have gone first because then I could have, like, you know, said yeah, yes. Drop the knowledge. All right. You, you go first for walk-on pick then. So I I had Gus Johnson originally, but I, I'm going to change it. Um, this guy is a one of the most underappreciated people. Oh, actually, he's not underappreciated, but I mean, he's the GOAT. And I know it may not fit the description of the six man, but I got to go with John Madden. I mean, he, he's wow. he's the GOAT. And, yeah, that's and a so, nice wow. walk on. I, like I do like, I do like so, John Madden. Rep John Madden, man. He, he He's a legend. I, I don't think people appreciate him enough because, I mean, he was an amazing coach and also an incredible commentator. And uh, I, I just think a lot more people need to appreciate him. And I, I know my generation really didn't get to watch him. One of his last, uh, one of his last, um, one of his last uh, games he covered, covered or broadcast was the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl. So that nice. was one of the first football games I've watched. So I remember him. He's a goat. Rip out or uh, rip. Yeah. Great pick. Great. Pick. Nice. All right. Who, who wants it? Tommy Jared. Go ahead, LA. All right. Yeah, LA, let's. Hear I was it. I was scared. Cam was going to take mine. Um, so this guy, uh, as a Kings fan, uh, God, bro, I swear, if you say it, I'm like Jerry I'm Reynolds. Gonna... Jerry Reynolds. Okay, that's my right, okay, okay. Right. I thought you were gonna say Mark Jones. I almost yeah, I I thought, thought about him that's as my Kings fan. Oh, I'm, I was thinking worse than that, so I was getting ready no. to leave this guy. <laughs> Jerry Reynolds. Not there's not a Kings fan that doesn't love this guy. Uh, I know yeah, exactly. He was, he was, he was a coach and a GM. <laughs> yeah, me too. He was a. I know exactly what he's thinking. He was a coach and a like GM. No, nope, see, let's <laughs> just keep it pushing. That's why I took Jerry Reynolds. And he, okay, and, good. Um, safe king, king of the I, corny I, I, I like uh, announcing, but I love it. I love it. I yeah, like that was safe pick. I had to get my like Kings that. players in. Come on, man. Yeah, every time, every list doesn't matter. Uh, my walk on is up and coming in the media game. I feel like he's misunderstood. I feel like he talks a lot, very loudly, but there's some good stuff in there, even though he may not be getting as much traction. But I have Draymond Green Ooh. as my walk-on pick. The new media. Yeah, new media. Hey, I <laughs> thought the rule where we could we can't pick a four or a player for for the for the sixth man. That's that's what Tommy said. Oh, Luke did, Luke did say that. Oh, my bad. Okay, it, it, we, it's, I it's can mean, withdraw. I will withdraw. It's the same as putting Travis Kelsey as a wide. <laughs> Let's go. True fan of the pot. Wow. There was a prep. There was a Luke Cameron oh, prep no. before this I, started. I, I, I would say, okay, here's the it thing. Really like, I, about that that comparison, Kelsey does play a lot, a lot of wide receiver because he does line up. But, Boom. But he's listed as a tight end. That's the only okay. thing. Okay. Thank you. So I, Apples and oranges. Uh, All right, so I would draw my player pick. I will go with Chris Haynes, up and coming NBA. Okay, I like that. My walk-on pick is by far and away my favorite announcer in sports, the GOAT, underrated, Ian Eagle. Oh, that's a good one, man. I like. He is so funny. Him, him doing great. March Madness game is is pretty fun. He's just great. He's so great. Not a lot of people talk about him, and you know, I I, I just feel like he's got a. I feel like he's got a great jumper. And that's why we we, we, we need him. Yeah, I, I, I like this. Is, uh-huh. This is gonna be a heated vote. These are really interesting lists. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah. Great list though. Great list. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. No, I think I think what 
what I like about it is, you know, like you got a little bit of everything, you know, like well, you got play play, you got new media, you got old media, you got old, you got young. And I, I think it's real unique for sure. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of really talented people in sports media. When I was putting together this list, I mean, like I said, Gus Johnson is gonna be my sleeper pick, but <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't know who Gus Johnson is. It's literally it was written down. <laughs> so, and I was gonna go with Stuart Scott too, but then you know that was my that was a good pick. And then someone said that, so that I had to go John Madden because I, I had a feeling no one's saying because he can. You just gotta have some backups because you never know yeah, you where you never know what time Luke's on. You know. Yes, for real. Anyways, <laughs> Jared, do you have do you have any golf knowledge for us today? Oh, yeah, this is will help your game big time, Cameron. 50 chips a night. I, I heard you this last right. pod. Right. Yeah. It's every it's, week. It, it's, it's, it's really a staple in what we every do Every week. It's a big time I, thing. I just, it, it sucks because I, I had an opportunity for, I think, for par today. And, like, I chipped oh. it. I went over the green and, you know, uh, I messed up. Decelerated at the at the end there. It, that's just, my problem because, Jared you know, like. I, so well. Yep. Lots yeah. of practice decelerating. Okay, what's what's your guys's uh, best best score out on the green? Ooh, don't ask Tommy. I don't. I've never catched score. I've never uh, catched score. My best score is an 80, 83. Oh wow. Okay. So no, you, Luke's you got... Luke's in the seventies. It's not. No, dumb. I've hit I've hit oh. eighty like five times. I got <laughs> I got I got one more thing for you guys. No, who's actually a a a very good goal? Very good. Ooh. Keegan Murray. Oh, really? Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray sh- like shoots in the seventies. Like he's, he's him. Um, some leather out there. What? What? I mean, Luke he, loves uh, to pick even more now. Um, yeah. I got to connect ah. with his dad. Good guy. Uh, they they like Sacramento a lot, but yeah, I I was joking with him. He asked us to go to Top Golf, but then I was like, oh, I realized like when he got on the broadcast, said like he shot under seventy twice. I was like, yeah, this, this guy is really good. Oh. So, so he he's nasty. Up and coming, yeah, he's gonna so, be nice. Yeah, he'll be in some Sacramento like golf tournaments. <laughs> yeah, nah, Luke is actually really good. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah. You've been giving me a lot yeah. of props today. This is this is. You'll are you okay scramble. over there? This doesn't seem very like you. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't drop your normal Kings nonsense, so it was all good. I don't. There's no nonsense. It's just facts. Yo, Cam. I think I speak for everyone when I say this has been just. An absolutely entertaining episode. I I really learned a lot. I, I go yeah. all over the place, but that's knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> and I I don't I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. That was yeah. this was this was perfect. We can't thank you enough for coming on. We know how hard you work. I think you're perfect for what we are trying to build. And I think this was overall just really a perfect episode to, for especially for our first non athlete. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I appreciate you guys. I mean, it, it's an honor to be on and. Like Tommy said, like me and Tommy go way back, but I mean, I'm connected sure. with you guys now, and it's it's really cool. And I'm just honored to be the first non-athlete in the pod because you know, like, I'm more than an athlete, you know. Yeah, exactly. Time. There we go. Well, thank you everyone for listening in. This has been episode six. We're really coming up the ranks. Excited for more. Lots more coming. This has been your favorite walk-ons. So we're walking out. <laughs> <laughs>